Hey folks, this podcast goes beyond the saddle as we explore professional careers across the equine industry. I'm your host, Katie Kleinbell. Let's tack up and head out. Kim Rounds is the specialty beef program manager and social media manager for Five Rivers Cattle Feeding and the head of marketing and sales for her own side hustle called Shining KL Partners. Her love of all things equine and bovine have brought her to be a groom for an international show jumper, a national beef ambassador, a teaching assistant for Colorado State University's Legends of Ranching class, back-to-back top five finishes at the National Reined Cow Horse Association's Celebration of Champions, and in 2021 was part of both Cowgirl Magazine's 30 Under 30 and Northern Colorado's 40 Under 40 presented by BizWest. Her weekdays are spent at the feed yard, taking pictures of cattle, giving tours, and generating content, while her evenings, weekends, and every bit of spare time are spent riding her cow horses. Kim, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We've been talking about this for so long, so I'm so glad we got to make it happen, and we're so excited to get to talk to you today. Well, hi, Katie, and thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. It'd be fun. Well, let's start with two truths and one lie. So before the episode, I asked you to prepare two things that are a lie and one thing that's true. Read them in any order, and I'm going to see if I can guess which one is the lie. Okay. Um, The first is I am a back-to-back top five NRCHA championship finisher. Number two, I have the USDA logo tattooed on my butt. And number three, I once went to Amsterdam for a 24-hour horse shopping trip. What? Okay. (laughs) Man. (laughs) I'm going to go with you do not have the USC logo (laughs) tattooed on your butt. (laughs) That's correct. That would be my brother. (laughs) Your brother does? Oh, my God. (laughs) So I was kind of asking some friends. I'm like, I need a good lie. And someone was like, your brother's tattoo say that it's yours then you can put them on blast on podcast world it's awesome oh my goodness well I feel like I know him already like he must be such a character he really is and like honestly meeting him you would not expect that of him but he went to college and and had a wild night one night I guess (laughs) oh my gosh okay tell me about your trip to Amsterdam that sounds amazing it was very cool so the um, woman who I grew up training with all through high school, I rode a circuit show jumpers growing up. And after I graduated college, I was kind of in this weird limbo. I wasn't sure if I was going back to grad school. I wasn't sure if I was going to take a full-time job. And so I kind of went to work for her and I was grooming for her and taking care of her show horses while we were on the road. And she said, I have to go to Amsterdam. I basically have a credit at this show barn there. Um, they sent me a horse. She didn't work out. I sent her back. And they're just going to basically give me credit. Do you want to come? And I was like, um, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Is that even a question? I already booked my flight. <laughs> so we landed in Amsterdam. We drove out to the farm. And looking back now, it's so funny where I was. Like Susie Hutchinson was there for dinner that night. And it's Alan Waldman is the trainer. And so he's uh, married to... Danny, who's a Flying Feathers um, FEI show jumper on Team Israel. So we were there looking at horses. 
Oh and God. he pointed to this whole half of the barn and he's like, those are way out of your price range. Those are all siblings and half siblings to Big Star, Nick Skelton's gold medal Olympian. So those aren't in your budget. <laughs> we'll be looking at all these over here. Um, but it was so cool. And just seeing the European horse culture, it's so different and it's so ingrained in their life. It's not this like separate you know, kind of like elitist sport that people do. It's like everyone has a horse and you have really high quality show jumpers, like living in people's backyards. But it was really, really, really cool to see just how different Europe is and how they treat their show jumpers and even how they do their hay, how they have their hot walkers set up. All of it was just very, very interesting. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, next time you go to Amsterdam, I'm going to jump in your suitcase and wear exotic and fun because that sounds like the trip of a lifetime. How cool. It definitely was. It was, it was awesome. It's one of my favorite memories. Super fun. Oh my gosh. Well, we're going to get to talk about um, your reined cow horse, all of your wonderful things. So we'll circle back to that kind of as we talk about your horses more, but let's talk about your job jobs, really. Um, you're here to talk about kind of the two hats that you wear. So uh, let's start with Five Rivers. So you can, can you tell us what the company is for people who may not know, and then talk about what your role is with the company? Yeah, so my technical job title is Specialty Beef Program Manager. And then I'm also the social media manager for Five Rivers. And Five Rivers Cattle Feeding, we're based out of Johnstown, Colorado. The location that I work at is in Kersey, Colorado, so east of Greeley. And we are a cattle feeder, actually the largest cattle feeder in the world. We have 11 locations in six states. And across those locations, we have a little over 900,000 head of cattle on feed. So we are the finishing segment of the industry. So we're buying year-old cattle that are coming to us off of grass, and they're here um, to be finished on grain for about six months. So my main job here is to oversee cattle that are going to go into specialty programs. So things that you would see labels on at the grocery store or beef that is eligible for export to the European Union, Thailand, Saudi Arabia, China, those countries that would have stricter trade regulations on beef and what beef is allowed into their country. The program that I oversee meets most of those trade restrictions. So that's really what I do here full-time day in, day out is verify those cattle that come in. And then when they are ready to be sent to the plant, I verify them on the way out too. And then I also do all of our social media. So I am on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and I generate all the content and take all the photos and a lot of the videos. But the Equine Network actually took um, quite a few videos that we use for recruitment and for some investor kind of pitch videos. So that's what I do for Five Rivers. There's a lot to unpack there, starting with 900,000 cows. Is that what you said? 900,000. Yes, nearly a million are on feed at a single time across the whole company. Wow, that is a very impressive number. And the fact that you manage kind of the specialty part, so managing all those trade regulations, that sounds like um, a nightmare to some people, <laughs> but I'm so thankful that that we have someone like you that helps us do that and make sure that that's all happening the way it needs to. Yes, definitely a lot of detail orientation and Excel prowess go into that job. <laughs> ah. Love Excel. <laughs> it's fabulous. Okay, now talk to me about your TikTok, because I imagine your TikTok presence is both educational, but also fun knowing you. 
It is. So we've definitely taken a very professional approach to TikTok. So I don't do too much silly stuff. We use a lot of professional video content kind of spliced together to make some cool promotional type videos. Um, but I have definitely had fun with it. Um, some of my replies have been maybe a little salty, but the bosses have always signed off on them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's amazing. We started a few months ago and we have like 20,000 followers already. So TikTok is just a social media platform that's insane to me, but it's really fun. It's really cool. And it's fun to be educational on there. Super fun. I know that's a challenge for us at the Equine Network too, is figuring out like, okay, how do we walk that line between like professional, maybe a little educational, but also have fun with it. Like TikTok is so challenging, but it's super rewarding when you strike that balance. Yes, exactly. And just the idea of tackling video, like I finally just got my handle on photo and creating graphics. And now all the social media algorithms are like, we want video. I'm like, oh gosh, I have to learn a whole other media now. <laughs> so, so true. I just went and spoke um, at the capstone class up at CSU for the equine science students. And I said, you guys are going to take my job because you understand video inside and out, right? And like, we're all disadvantaged because now we have to like play catch up. Man, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to figure out like which app is the best for this and for that and finding music. And oh, it's so, it's so tough. I where I want to like employ a 12 year old sometime and be like, can you just help me do this? Like learn how to make videos. That'd be awesome. That would be great. <laughs> Love it. Thank you for that. That's fabulous background on five rivers and all the things you do there, which is a lot like that's a handful. But on top of that, you also have your own business. So talk to us about shining KL partners. Yeah, so Shining Kale Partners is something that my friend Logan Stetson and I sort of dreamed up. I had a really cool young horse. And we'd been approached by a few people about helping them market and sell their horses, but not necessarily horses that they wanted to have in full-time training with a barn that would sell them. And so I said, I think that we're kind of at a cool place where we can take photos, take videos, be a platform for these people to market their horses, but not necessarily have to have them in full-time training. And so there's obviously a little bit of give and take there. You kind of have to vet who you are selling horses for and make sure you know the horse you're representing really well. So that's kind of the marketing side of it. That's what I do. I do the photos, the videos, kind of coordinating the sales. And then Logan is on the training side. So he's a full-time assistant trainer at Nemers Performance Horses in Longmont. And we really kind of started, I would buy horses and put them in training with Logan. Um, and then at the end of the day, we'd kind of, you know, split the money on the way out. And so it's kind of this really nice symbiotic relationship for us that he gave me a nice break on training and I owned some really nice horses and we got to go show them a bunch together. And, uh, obviously I have to be very careful cause I'm walking that non-pro line. So I do still pay Logan for everything that he does. I still own the horses solely. But we kind of have this really fun and cool symbiotic relationship where we'd sort of take in horses, not maybe for a fast turnaround, but for more of a long-term turnaround. We'd buy prospects that we could develop and that we could show and that we could get a record on and then sell. And that was kind of the goal of the training and sales in-house. And then we do the marketing for a lot of people. And it was fun. We got approached by a lot of really cool people. We got to sell a lot of really neat horses. 
And as we were talking about, 2021 has been a little crazy, especially the horse market. So not as many people have needed help selling horses because the horse market is absolutely insane. So we haven't really been able to get in on any new investments this year, but um, it, it's been really fun to do. And it's kind of my, my side job. But that was kind of what China and KO was all based around. I just really liked it. And we wanted to find a way to do it. Logan wanted horses. Then I needed a trainer that I could afford <laughs> on, you know, a recent college grad budget. So it really worked out for us. And it was, it was, it's been really, really fun. I love this business model for a couple of reasons. Number one, you found a way to continue your passion, right? Kind of like fund your fun, right? <laughs> right? Because you can still go and show and have really nice horses, but you've also found a way to kind of like braid it into like your more corporate job, which I think a lot of people try to strike that balance and like try to find a way to make that happen. And a lot of people can't make that work. So I'm so impressed that you guys have found a way that does that for you, that you're able to continue doing that together too, which is really cool. And I also love that it works for Logan, right? On his side, like as a trainer, because you are like this constant stream of income for him. And so he's got constant work, which I think is also really great. So I love it. I'm super proud of you guys. I love following all of the amazing, gorgeous, beautiful, wonderful, talented horses that you guys have as well. So keep it up. Well, thank you. Yeah, it has been fun. And knowing that I get to support, you know, one of my best friends who's a great trainer and in a market where there are a lot of really outstanding trainers here in Colorado, to be able to give him horses that he deserves was really fun. Um, and getting to watch him, you know, have and develop those horses, knowing that they aren't going to move barns, they aren't going to go anywhere until we as a partnership you know, two people who are emotionally invested in this horse decide, okay, it's time. Here's the right time and place to sell it. We'll each kind of take our money out of it. And then we'll go about um, trying to find a new prospect for one or both of us. That's super cool. Just out of curiosity, like what's maybe like the top two things that you look for when you're shopping for those prospects? Specifically for what Logan and I do, which is a lot of the ranch riding and a little bit of reining. For us, it's a brain and movement. You know, you really can't teach movement. Horses, they're either good movers or not. So they love to watch them move. We hope that they have a great trot. We hope that they have a pretty lope. And so that's what we're looking for physically in the horse. And then the other thing is a brain. A horses that want to be taught and want to be good make your life so much easier. So a lot of times there might be just so much more raw talent. But if it's raw talent attached to a brain that doesn't want to learn as easily or doesn't want to be a teammate quite as much, it makes your job so much harder. So we've really learned to look for in especially young horses, it's almost a friendliness and a trainability and a willingness to kind of be there with you. And Logan's great at finding the brain. I focus a little bit more on the movement and we've been really, really lucky in what we've found so far. Um, and hopefully what we'll keep <laughs> I think once maybe the horse market writes itself and we can get back in. <laughs> Absolutely. The market is crazy. This has been the craziest, year, which is great, right? For a lot of people that have horses and are selling them like, man, can you get some killer money for your horses right now? But at some point it's going to normalize, right? That's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> <laughs> I keep hoping so because I'd love to buy another horse one day, but I don't know in this market. So who knows? Maybe it'll keep going up, but and like you said, great for people who are already in the horse industry or have great horses that are finally getting paid what they deserve for them. But yeah, I, there's also the, you know, single 
mid-20s female in me who's like, could you please write yourself so that I can get back it? <laughs> <laughs> no joke, right? I gotta go in the lottery first. Hold on. <laughs> right. The other thing that I love about your business too is that you have multiple streams of income, which I think is super, super smart for a business model because you're not just relying then on buying those horses and then having Logan train them and you know relying on that horse to A, stay sound and B, do well, you know, to, to bring you the money that you need. Uh, but you also have that stream of income of other people coming to you and just helping market them. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. And actually that whole model came about, like I said, because I'm a non-pro, so I cannot make money for sitting on other people's horses. I have to solely own the horses and pay for the horses training. Um, I have to be very careful financially where I come into this as a non-pro for the NRCHA and the AQHA. So Logan and I kind of thought, well, you know, if you're taking photos, if you're taking videos, as long as you aren't getting paid for actually handling or training that horse, that's my income. So that was kind of how we made sure that we were keeping our eyes dotted and our T's crossed and keeping ourselves both safe and, you know, legal. Obviously, I want to follow the rules, but getting rewarded for my effort. So the the photo and video and kind of commission, not really, we kind of just charge a flat rate to manage ads online for people. So that keeps me away from the training side of it monetarily. And so that's been, it was kind of a smart business model. Looking back, I didn't even realize what I was doing, but it's worked out really well. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Super, super brilliant. I love it. Well, both of these things, so both working for Five Rivers and your partnership um, with Shining KL are a lot, right? Like there's a lot that goes into them and there's a lot of ways that they can kind of maybe outshine one another or kind of pull you from one to the other. So I can see that balancing act being tough. So how do you balance both of those roles? Absolutely. It is tough. Um, I'm very fortunate that one, Logan is very flexible and understanding. And number two, I work for a company who is so supportive. And fortunately, they're just tied in enough to the horse industry. You know, they're supporters of the Legends of Ranching program at CSU. So when I have a consignment, they're very good about, well, you can go be our representative at the show and at the preview since you have a horse that's there already and kind of give me the time off for it or let me go be there on behalf of Five Rivers. And they let me, you know, swap days. I'll come in and drive feed truck on a weekend or ride pens in trade for taking a day off, you know, like a Thursday or a Friday to go to a horse show. So one, working with very flexible and very understanding and very supportive people but also just a lot of no sleep <laughs> and a lot of kind of running myself thin. And that's not to glorify being overworked, but there's been a lot of days, you know, hauling out to go ride or driving out to go ride when I was tired and I'd been at work all day and I didn't necessarily want to go or, you know, early mornings on Saturdays going and taking photos and videos, even though I maybe wanted to be somewhere else. So there's definitely some sacrifice on my side, but mainly the credit goes to working with two very supportive people in Logan and in Five Rivers. That's amazing. And it's hard to find you um, on it on both sides, but also you've crafted it, right? Like you've curated that culture, right? Like you wouldn't work for Five Rivers if they weren't that way. And you wouldn't work with Logan if he wasn't that way. So I really believe like good people find good circumstances. And if you can't find them, you make them. And I think you're a testament to that too, Kim. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I think you're very right. I, I would like to think that I've kind of curated what I have going on at Five Rivers because it's very unique. So kind of a little bit luck and a little bit, um, annoying my bosses probably on my part. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes you got to do it, right? Like if you don't <laughs> express what you need, you're not going to get it. <laughs> exactly. I'm big on just ask what's the worst they're going to say is no. So let's just go ahead and ask. 
So, so true. Well, these roles are very, very different um, and they're probably fulfilling in different ways. So I would love you just talk to that a little bit. You know, how do these wearing these two hats, how does that really fill your cup? Obviously, with Five Rivers working for a company that's so dedicated to the greater good, to feeding the world, to doing the right thing, to educating and sharing what we do and letting me be the voice of that is so rewarding. And watching people who share, you know, obviously I can quantify my reach with Five Rivers is watching people share my posts and be excited about the things that we're talking about or giving a tour and watching people who maybe had very different perception of the beef industry coming in, leave blown away by everything that we do here and, you know, how we care for our cattle. So, I mean, from a <laughs> philosophical standpoint, the idea of just feeding the world in this capacity with Five Rivers is so cool and so rewarding. And I'm so fortunate to work with the people I do in and out of the company. The people who collaborate with our company are great as well. And the people within this company are outstanding. Um, so obviously the, the support and the role that I feel like I get to play in feeding and educating the world. And then with Shining KO, knowing that it's something that my friend and I built from the ground up, there's so much satisfaction in that. And when people, you know, recognize us or compliment us, knowing that it's something that we made for ourselves or, you know, the first world show that we qualified for, there's just so much satisfaction in something that we've done for ourselves through true <laughs> grit and determination. And again, just being annoying and asking and asking and asking and posting and pushing and finally kind of getting where we want to be. There's a lot of satisfaction in that as well. And then watching horses that we love go on to have great homes. Um, one of my all-time favorite horses, he was kind of the horse that started it all. This little awkward gray horse named Lido, who has turned into this stud muffin of a gray gelding. And his new owner just showed him at the world show. And I got to watch him on the live feed. And just my heart just swelled watching that horse that I loved so much go on to be a great partner for someone else. And that is so satisfying and makes me so happy knowing that I got to play a role in, in getting that horse a good home and getting that person a good partner. Goosebumps. <laughs> that is amazing. I think you just articulated the dreams of like every horse person out there, right? But like not only is your career super satisfying, um, but also like the horses and the lives of the horses you touch is just really, really cool. It's very, very, it's very cool to watch. It's very fun to see all the new things you get to do and all the ways that I think, and I like, I watch Five Rivers on social media, right? And follow you guys. And I just think you have such an authentic voice on both platforms, both um, Shining KL and Five Rivers to just really speak, you know, from a, a place of knowledge. Um, but also like a really genuine place where you do care um, in both senses of, of your role there, which is really cool. Well, thank you. I, I do get accused in my year end review of being overly passionate. So thank you for framing that in a very kind way. <laughs> no, hey, passion is where it's at, right? I mean, we wouldn't be here if we weren't passionate about it. So don't ever, don't ever let that go. <laughs> very true. Thank you. <laughs> How on earth did you get here? Can you like talk us through your journey of your time at CSU up to where you are now? Like, how did this all unfold? Oh, gosh. Everything starts at CSU. I can definitively point there and say that's where I met Logan. That's where I fell in love with cow horse and ranch horse. That's where I met my current trainers who I show cow horse with John and Kennedy Snyder. Um, and then that's where I met my friend who actually connected me with this job. 
So it all goes back to CSU. And after I graduated, like I said, I went home for a little bit. I groomed for my old horse trainer. And then I came back out to work for the American Gelby Association when they were in Denver. And I loved what I did there, but it was very customer service heavy. So it was a little, a little taxing. It was a lot of answering the phone call and teaching ranchers how to use a computer. And I'd kind of put some feelers out there that I was looking for something different. And my friend, John Barker, who works for JBS, knew that this position was open. And he said, I think you'd be a perfect fit. It's a little bit of communications because you do the tours and you meet with groups, but it's also very detail oriented. You know, you're, you're verifying cattle, you're making sure that everything meets all the trade requirements, you're making sure everybody's trained on the program. I think you'd be a great fit. And so I called, I interviewed and got the job. I think they offered it to me like on the way out the door of my interview. It was just such a good and perfect fit. And then I've kind of, <laughs> like I said, annoyed my bosses. So I've kind of pushed and asked and pushed and asked to get exactly what I have now, which is the social media platforms. They didn't exist when I started here. And the entire executive team was very hesitant, especially, you know, Five Rivers had just changed hands from JBS. We are now owned by a new set of investors who really kind of didn't want to rock the boat with everything that had just happened and why the company got sold. And I kind of kept pushing them and saying, I promise we can do this. I promise it's going to be okay. We need to have a voice. We need to share what we're doing because it's such a cool story. And it's a shame that more people don't know. And so they kind of gave me this very tentative green light on all things social media. And I've spent the last three years proving that it's been a good idea. And they've been fortunately very happy with how everything has gone with the Five River social media. So that's been a big part. And then the program has grown a little bit as well. We have about 60,000 head at a time that are part of the natural program. So that's grown a little bit too. And then Logan and I met at CSU. He was best friends with one of my classmates and just kind of immediately got along like two very different kindred souls who loved talking about horses all the time. Um, we had a lot of the same passions, a lot of the same goals. We both really wanted to show at the world show. We both respected a lot of the same trainers. And then I came back out here. I wanted to get a new cow horse. I had this other little awkward baby horse, Lido, that I drug back out with me. And it all kind of unfolded from there. It was just kind of step after step. And Logan and I kind of learning to not be awkward and just ask each other for what we wanted. And uh, that it's been such a fun, fun road going to shows that I never thought I'd show at and venues that I never thought I'd be at and interacting with horse trainers who I've respected my whole life and they kind of look at me and Logan like equals. So that's been really fun. But that was just kind of such this natural, organic things has kind of unfolded. And we got more and more involved with what we were doing and how much we were riding together. And it just kind of became one day. <laughs> well, you kind of already answered this question, uh, but I'm going to ask it anyway. When you started this journey, you know, three, four, five years ago, did you have any idea of where you would be now? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. If you had told me when I graduated college that I would be happily employed at a feedlot and in business with my best friend, I would have said, no, those are two <laughs> things that don't interest me. <laughs> but it works. It still it works. works. It works. And that's, I mean, just follow the path that gets presented to you. I would have never imagined this is where I'd end up if I tried to 
course, the plans that I thought I had. Sure, sure. Well, you're also not afraid to take risk. I mean, approaching that board and saying, hey, we need to be on social media. I imagine that you were met with uh, quite a bit of skepticism, but you overcame it. Yes, definitely. They were a lot of eyebrows raised and no, we'd like to stay quiet. And it was me saying, well, we really can't. We're not in a world where we get to stay quiet and be important. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, with sort of that perspective, I mean, what's next for you? You've already accomplished so much. You've been successful in your show career. Um, you've carved out a great piece of work at Five Rivers. So what's on the horizon? What are you hoping to try next? Oh, gosh. There's been some talk on where Five Rivers will expand and where I'll get to play a role. Um, nothing is really on the table yet, but it's kind of just talk on if we were to ever launch any type of brand of our own, that that would kind of get to be my baby. So nothing is even come of it yet, but that's kind of something that I'd love to take on is really try a little bit more of my real life marketing wings and um, get to take on something that lets Five Rivers be a household name. And so that's kind of, for me with Five Rivers, that's kind of what's next. And then in the in the personal life, I have a little futurity prospect. So we're going to start, start trying some limited aged events in the cow horse. So those are kind of the two, two big things for me. Um, I try not to have these big specific goals that I keep working toward. And I know that's probably every like leadership coaches like, no, you have to have very specific goals. But my life has just kind of unfolded in such a fun and cool way that I just kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other. So I guess we'll see. Those are kind of the things that I would love to see happen. But who knows? <laughs> well, they both sound fabulous. And if there's anybody who can make them happen and, and just keep fostering that good energy, it's you. <laughs> so we'll see where it goes. Well, I know you've got lots of great advice. I mean, you've given us some along the way already. Just really walk through the door, follow your path, um, you know, kind of exemplifying your journey. But um, what advice do you have for anyone that might be looking to do something similar to what you're doing? Maybe it's working in a big corporate company like Five Rivers, or maybe it's, you know, starting their own startup like Shining KL. So what advice do you offer? I think just don't fear that ask. And it's so hard when you think that it's something that only you care about, or only something that you think somebody should do, or only something that you think would work. I know it's so scary to step up and have that ask, but learning how to ask people for what you want, especially if you think that it can benefit them as well you're going to get rejected. You're going to lose so many more times and you're going to win. <laughs> Just keep asking and learning how to have that ask and bounce. I have someone great that you can bounce ideas off of. And that's, that's super helpful. I have some great people in my life who, and I'm getting ready for a big ask. I'll say, Hey, how does it sound? I, you know, I know that it's kind of, you know, a big deal or a big idea, or it's weirdly specific, but what do you think? And so having someone who's very honest with you, not just supportive, but also honest, that you can bounce those ideas off of. Um, that's so important. But yeah, just keep knocking on doors, making phone calls, sending those emails, and any, any more befriending that person on social media. Um, just do it. People are, are so much kinder and more supportive than, than you probably give them credit for. That is so, so true. I found that to be super extra true in the case of this podcast. The people I've reached out to and the people that have reached out to me, it's just amazing. The people who are willing to share their story and share their advice and, you know, let people know you're not alone. You're not the only one going through this or thinking, the, you know, this is the way to do it. So just do it, you know, just go for it. I love that. That's fabulous advice. Just ask, just do it. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Just do it. <laughs> in your own words, because you worked in several different ways with professionals across this industry, I'd love to know, what does it mean to you to be an equine industry professional? Oh, gosh, the idea of someone referring to me as an equine industry professional is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> um I went to school at CSU so sure that the only equine industry professionals were horse trainers and vets. And that door to the equine industry just was blown wide open for me when I was at CSU. And especially after, there are so many people who are equine industry professionals and so many ways to be involved. I mean, like I said, it's so weird that someone would refer to me as an equine industry professional. So I think just the the breadth of that term and and how many people it encompass and how many people that makes me a peer of is just so strange and so cool and something that I think 10-year-old Kim would think that that's that's pretty awesome. I think 10-year-old Kim would be pretty proud of me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it is crazy to think about um, just how many people fall under that umbrella. And I mean, in your role at Five Rivers, like you're not you're not on a horse every day. You're not working with a horse every day. But like you said, it's just ingrained enough in like the ag industry and equine and cattle kind of adjacent that I, I do believe that that sort of falls under the umbrella, right? Maybe it's more like a way of thinking than it is like a way of doing. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fingers of the equine industry and the ag industry and, and where they intersect and how far they reach is, is incredible, especially when you start meeting other people and you get into that, wow, this is a small world, connections and friends of friends and, you know, seven degrees of separation. It's all so intertwined. So, so much. Yes. It's, which is cool. Mind boggling, but cool. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, let's talk more about your horses. So at the beginning of this episode, you talked about um, the things that you have won uh, with the National Rain Cow Horse Association. So let's talk about more about that. Tell us about your horses. Um, and if you have a most memorable moment, I'd love to hear it. Well, my main girl is Stevie. She has a 2012 AQHA mare. She's bred by Cal Poly Quarter Horse uh, Corporation. And I got her as a five-year-old and she'd been shown cow horse. She had some cow horse earnings and I ranch rode on her a little bit. And then um, kind of a funny story. I really wanted to sell her. I wasn't getting along with her, didn't enjoy riding her. And I took her up to John and Kennedy to sell and I said, hey, this mare needs to be shown to be sold. Can you guys help me sell her? I just, I don't get along with her well enough to show her. And Logan and I were kind of both in the same boat on, we we're both just kind of struggling with her. It just wasn't a great fit and we wanted to get her sold. And so I said, let's, you know, take her to someone who they know a ton about horses. They know a ton about selling cow horses. Let's go there. And they had her for about a week and they called me and said, there's a very cool horse in here. I don't think you want to give up on her yet. I think she just needed to change the scenery. And so I entered her in a show kind of to spite John and Kennedy. I was like, watch how terrible this is. This is not going to go well. <laughs> and then she picked up a check in every class and they're like, so I think we told you so. <laughs> I was like, okay, good point. Well, we'll see if the, if the luck continues. And she picked up a check at every single show that season, qualified me for the NRCHA World Finals in the 1K, and then brought me back to the finals in the 1K, which was mind-blowing. It was a massive class, and then ended up third in the world. And so that just kind of sealed it. She's she's kind of my heart horse. I struggle with her plenty, but such a cool horse, so talented, tries 
so hard, is so cowy, wants to be so good. And then I started going down the fence last year and then ended up fourth at the world finals in the novice non-pro bridal. And we're trying to hopefully go do that again <laughs> in February. So we'll see. But she's just such a cool, powerful, talented horse. And she's she's a lot, but she is so fun. Sometimes those are the most rewarding ones, right? She's making you work for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She is, she's not a point and shoot horse and very few cow horses are. Um, so by no means is she that big of an exception, but she's been very fun. And then I have a two-year-old, I guess he'll be, he'll be three here by the time this podcast comes out. Um, a little one-time royalty out of a highbrow cat mare that we're very excited about. And we're, we're hoping that he's going to make a security horse. We'll see. We'll start getting him ready this year and haul him a little bit and see if he wants to go do the deal. Um, but I'm already very emotionally invested, which normally, as we talked about, you know, I buy and sell a lot of horses, but I'm very attached to this little gelding. So I hope that he makes it and he wants to stick around because I'm really, really excited about him. Oh, so fun. We'll definitely have to watch and see how he unfolds and all the good things to come. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really excited. And John and Kennedy are too. So it's nice when, you know, your trainers are as excited about your horse as you are, maybe even more so some days they'll send me videos with just a series of exclamation points. And I'm like, I love that you guys love my horses as much as I do. <laughs> this is good synergy. That, that's what you want. Yes. <laughs> well, the fact that you've been in the world show, um, that you're kind of on the track to continue going and, you know, have a program in place to hopefully keep taking you there. I think that's really cool. I think you're, you're living lots of cowgirls dreams right there. So Make us proud. <laughs> it's been fun. Thank you. I, again, would have never thought that I'd be on, you know, the world show stage and loping next to people who I've been looking up to my whole horse career. And they're, you know, saying good morning to me and asking how my class went. And I'm just still borderline starstruck trying not to say anything stupid to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're probably better at that than I am. Because I get in those moments and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, my foot spends a lot of time in my mouth. Don't worry. <laughs> Kim, this has been super fun. I don't know if you had a specific memory you wanted to share. You shared lots of with us, but I don't know if you had one specifically you wanted to call out. Probably the the first world finals that I made was really exciting because I just didn't think that I could do it. I just kind of thought I was there to have fun and it ended up really, really cool. But this past year, there's a long, a long road getting to that show. Stevie got hurt at the snaffle bit in October. Um, we didn't know that she was going to show again, let alone be ready to go by February. Um, we put in a ton of time and rehabbing her and got the go ahead. And so she was fresh. She'd hardly been ridden. We went to two terrible practice shows. Like it did not go well for me because she hadn't been ridden a bunch. And we went down to Fort Worth and it was kind of a, I don't really want to be here, but it qualified and I feel like I should go. So I did. And sitting in the car uh, with John and Kennedy, we went and ran errands that day after my class. And we were listening to the feed and they were calling back because I didn't know what the bubble was. And they were calling back the finalists and I was the last name read and the, <laughs> the absolute eruption in that car between the three of us. And if you know, John Snyder, he's such a quiet, quiet guy. Um, and he and Kennedy and I all just like screaming and slapping each other and so excited that I made the finals <laughs> when I didn't even think that I was going to have a decent show down there and then ending up fourth in the world. But sitting in that car and, and listening to the finalists get called back um, and being with two people who are so 
so supportive. I mean, supportive isn't even a good word. So wildly behind me in everything that I did um, and who loved that horse as much as I do. That was, that's a memory I'll probably never forget. That sounds like a good one to keep, keep a hold of. <laughs> it is. Very cool. Oh man. Just, just to be in that position. Right. And even, even if you hadn't been called back, right. I, th- I still think you probably would have looked back and been like, you know what? I came and I did the thing, yes. but the fact that you went and you did the thing and then you ended up as a finalist, <laughs> like that's a really big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, we were so pleased. I mean, I think that we all, well, not John, obviously, but I think Kennedy and I both cried maybe a little bit, even after I, my prelim run, cause <laughs> she was so good. And it was the best run that I'd ever had. And we were both kind of like, oh my gosh, that, I didn't think that was going to happen. And then <laughs> to get called back as a finalist, just having been happy with my run um, was was pretty cool. Sure. Absolutely. Right. You're out there to beat yourself, but also it's really cool when you beat other people. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> it is fun. You know, the, the, the trophies are shiny and they are nice to have. They aren't everything, but they are kind of fun. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Super fun. Well, Kim, thank you again so much for coming on the show, for sharing your story, um, for giving us a little insight into your horse life and kind of your business philosophy. I got a lot out of this episode and I'm sure our listeners will too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's still so weird when someone asked me, like today I camped out in the conference room and they said, what are you doing today? I said, well, I have, I have a conference call and then I have a podcast interview. And it's just so weird to tell people, like there are people interested in hearing what I have to say. So thank you so much for having me. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, and I'm sure that people want to connect with you and follow along and, you know, see all the cool things that are happening. So what's the best place that our audience can do that? Oh gosh. Um, how many social media accounts do I have on my phone? Um, (laughs) myself on Facebook or Instagram, um, everything five rivers cattle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. That is all technically me. Um, it's five rivers message, but, um, if you ever message them, that's who you're getting. And then shining kale on Facebook and Instagram as well. So those are probably the best places to follow or keep up with me or connect with me. Perfect. Perfect. Writing it down. Everybody's going to log in, check you out. It's going to be great. Um, Just to sort of wrap it up, what's maybe one thing you want to leave our listeners with when they look back on this episode and they think of our conversation with you, Kim, what's the number one takeaway you want to leave them with? I think it's probably even maybe a little bit oversaid this episode, but just do it. Just ask, just try, just enter that show. Just you know, ask that person if they want to go in business with you, ask that person if they need help with their photos, ask that company if they need help running their social media, just ask, because that will put you so far ahead of the people who are still too afraid to ask. So just do it, just try it. The worst you're going to get is a no or feedback on why they'd say yes next time. Thanks for riding along. Know someone that would be great to interview? Have questions you'd like answered on the podcast? Send me an email at beyondthesaddlepodcast at gmail.com or join the conversation on social media. You can connect with us and learn more about the Beyond the Saddle podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond the Saddle Podcast. Find more episodes anywhere that you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Beyond the Saddle is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.